Welcome to Note Club, the podcast that's like a book club for people who think that books don't reward them enough for being good at them. I'm Chad Rothermans. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And today, we're going to be talking about heavy rain. Uh, but first, if you could give us a like or a rating, it would be greatly appreciated. Heavy Rain uh, is a game that was developed by Quantic Dreams. I fuck this up literally every time. It's Quantic Dream Singular, mm. uh, which I just, just sounds wrong to me. Uh, and it was published by Sony Computer Entertainment originally in 2010 on the PlayStation 3. And then it was re-released with like upgraded textures and shit in like a remastered version that they didn't change the name of in 2016 mm-hmm. uh, on the PlayStation 4. And then you've written here, and I didn't know, also released it on Windows two years ago. I didn't know that either. Yeah. So definitely uh, you have at least three options if you <laughs> want to play this game. Uh, obviously, uh, if you check your calendars... If you're an astute listener, mm-hmm. uh, you will know that this is Mystery May, and therefore this game sort of falls within the mystery genre. Uh, this is a crime drama uh, game, mm-hmm. and it is predominantly narrative, and all actions are performed in QTE as like a meaning quick time events Mm -hmm. Uh, because they've fallen out of favor enough that I bet the abbreviation isn't that common anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, And everything is just sort of like a bespoke animation that plays when you do things either right or wrong. Yeah, I'd compare it to a narrative adventure game like a Telltale game or like a Don't Nod game like Life is Strange. Mm -hmm. But... Yeah, as you said, with weird quick-time event-style gameplay. Yeah, which I have to imagine is the most divisive part of this game. Oh, yeah, and it's, like, the whole mechanical interaction of the game. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like, uh, these games are written and directed by a guy named David Cage, Mm -hmm. who is kind of a weird auteur as most auteurs are. Um, <laughs> the very few, like, cool-headed <laughs> level auteurs out there. Yeah, so you see stuff, it, it feels like it comes through. Like, there are decisions made in this that don't seem like they would make their way into your average AAA release. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't envy the people who had to review this at the time that it came out. Because I find it nearly impossible to, like, concisely summarize my feelings on this game. Because I fucking hate this game, but I really like this game also in a in almost equal measure. And it's confusing and weird. Yeah, I had... I don't know if I want to call it, like, a revelation or something. <laughs> but I had a, a moment when I started playing this again. Because we played this just for fun like years ago yeah Uh, so i started replaying it for the podcast and i was like i feel like this game feels like a b movie kind of role uh we talked about this on the harvester episode uh and that one's a b movie like much more to the extreme than this but i still think this can be viewed similarly it's there's a lot of parts of it that are unintentionally funny and are awkward and aren't working as intended 
and I think it could support a fantastic drinking game. <laughs> uh, like, drink every time someone fucks up a weird quick time event, uh, or it bumps into a wall while trying to walk around with the weird controls. Things like that. You could... I, I just... I feel like it can be enjoyed in, like, a bad movie kind of way, and... I feel like that's unique among video games. Like you read reviews of this and people complain about certain parts of it, like not being a certain way or not working the way that they want. And it almost kind of listening to people talk about it, make me feel like a lot of people kind of miss the point of it. And like, it's supposed to be uh, campy and weird, Mm -hmm. but I don't think that it is in reality, but like I've kind of settled into this opinion of it, of viewing it like a B movie. Yeah, I think it's unique even, it's unique among storytelling just as a general thing. Like, the the complicated aspects of the game that make it like a B-movie are, like, a purely sort of, like, they they come out of the fact that it is a game. Obviously, there's problems with the voice acting, which we'll get into, and there's some problems with the script, though they did a pretty good job, in my opinion, overall, of keeping things consistent, even with a million branching possibilities. Um, And most of that is just smart usage of, like, ways to bring the branches back together. So, like, you can make a mistake or do something differently, and it'll end up in the exact same place as somebody who did a different thing, with pretty much no deviation from that. Uh, and that's just smart because if you tried to do it out where everything was a butterfly effect that rippled out everywhere, you would just fucking ruin your life trying to write this. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think the narrative is actually interesting. And I think that the characters are interesting if I don't like all of them anyway. Um, but you get these B movie moments because of the video game stuff. It's like if you hired a cast for a low-budget movie that was, like, written by, a, like, a big A-list Hollywood director and a writer, and then you got people who've just recently learned how to walk to play all the roles. <laughs> <laughs> there's, like, this... There's, like, an, expect, an expectation of competence for, like... Uh, oh, fuck, what is his name? The origami... Spoilers. The origami killer... Scott. Scott. Shelby. Yeah, um, Scott Shelby, who is a private eye, used to be a detective. He's, like, 50 years old. Like, you expect him to be able to do stuff because of his background, and then you are given control of him and can't do anything. <laughs> so yeah. you have these scenes where they're like, hurry, Scott, hurry, you're gonna you have to save us, and you're just like... Can you bring on me the baby's bottle? <laughs> and like, she yeah. just walk into the wall. <laughs> it's just, it's so funny. And it really breaks the mood and it suffers for it, but it also is better for it in the same breath. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I actually, I don't necessarily think it's that the voice acting itself is terrible so much as it's more like the direction is my guess. Anyway, I could be wrong. But like it just there feels like there's lots of inconsistencies where like sometimes line reads are good and sometimes they're bad. Yeah. Like the kind of stuff you get in lower budget movies because they couldn't get enough takes of a certain shot or whatever. Ethan also uh, does dip between like three yeah. different accents at yeah. any given time. Ethan, yeah, is all over the map sometimes. And like yeah, you so you get some traditionally like uh 
B-movie style humor out of that. But then there's also like kind of the uncanniness of the character models and like the, the way it's animated and how like the characters will like turn their upper bodies and then like kind of not walk. Like there's something weird about the way that's programmed. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, but then you also get stuff. Yeah. Like I'm saying out of the gameplay where uh, people can just like fuck stuff up or there's parts where you're supposed to like push the stick slowly and it'll make them move their hand real slow. <laughs> and then you can just fuck with that and like make them move their arm back and forth. Like there's just lots of, unintentionally funny stuff in here and i i think if you hadn't considered it try replaying this and viewing it through this lens you'll enjoy it much more i think Mm -hmm. this is one of my favorite bits of like i mean i'll say the words luda narrative dissonance Mm -hmm. because that is kind of what it is but in like a way more literal way than that term was ever meant to be used uh where you're playing as um madison and you are and ethan is injured and you're like patching him up and there's a sequence where you like roll him over onto his side so that you can like wrap him in gauze Mm -hmm. and (laughs) it wants you to do a slow circular movement and then it wants you to continue doing the circle movement but it takes the prompt off the screen because it's like glued to her hand uh and so I just stopped doing it. And so what you get is this scene where Madison's like, oh, here, put this ointment on. And then I'm going to roll you. <laughs> and then he falls back down. <laughs> just like, <laughs> like, what the fuck happened? Like, because I didn't even know I was doing it wrong. It was just like yeah. Ethan just dead fished her. Yes. Like, Sometimes it happens completely unintentionally, <laughs> too. Yeah, you don't even have to fuck with it. Yeah, it's so, it's so goofy. And it is very, and that's, I think, why we... Because, like, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that we loved this game when we first played it. Oh, yeah. And it was because it was so fucking enjoyable to just sit there and drink a six-pack and be like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, and I think you said it uh, earlier, but, like, yeah, like, it's a solid murder mystery, too. Like, the story isn't bad. Mm -hmm. It's just, like, there's lots of details in here that are, like, goofy and all over the place and inconsistent in quality yeah so it makes like a weird cocktail like the best uh b movies i think yeah okay oh lord (laughs) with that out of the way where do we want to because the game is mostly a narrative yeah uh if we wanted to stay with some like similar topics here it's right at the beginning um I touched on it already, but like the character models, the um, were very like they lauded them as being like very realistic for the time. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, like motion captured and everything, and they give these like close ups of the faces <laughs> of the characters on the loading screens as if to show off and say, "Look how good these look." Which let me just mourn for a second the advent of the PlayStation Four. Uh, and achievement screenshots because whenever you get an achievement in a game in play in on on the PlayStation Four now, it just takes a screenshot of whatever's going on. So I now have an album that's just full of close-ups of the characters' faces. I think you want to change your choice of words there from mourn to thank, <laughs> because you know you think that's hilarious. I mean, you are correct. 
<laughs> it is very funny. But, like, it's amazing because they did that as, like, this tech demo, but out of context, it looks so strange. Oh, yeah, and it's another one of those ways that, like, it's a obvious because anything that's going for realism is going to age fast. Mm. And so when you look at it now, it's just, like, so silly when you have, like, Ethan or Scott's face just, like, really close, like, looking around. <laughs> yeah. But, like, if you throw back, right, like, we're looking at the 2016 remastered versions of these. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the screenshots from the game in 2010, it really genuinely was impressive for the time. Yeah, no, it, it, it was. Um, but... I think it's something that highlights how important animation is, though, Mm -hmm. because, man, is the animation stiff in this. Oh, extremely. And their choice of... We joked uh, on an episode many, many years ago uh, that a particular platforming protagonist may be a car. Mm-hmm. You are a car in 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 Quantic Dreams, uh, Heavy Rain. You you aim, you steer with the left stick, and you press R two to accelerate. And uh, there isn't, as far as I know, an e brake, but it is more or less driving mechanics. Oh, you would just be letting go of the trigger, and then you stop moving. That's true. Uh, yeah, that's another good thing to talk about is the. Uh, the weird it, it almost feels like they're trying to do an iteration on tank controls mm-hmm. because much like older games that used those it transition screen it's got like a fixed camera that like moves to different angles so whenever it does that it, they want you to be just keep moving the same direction uh and i almost feel like they're on to something <laughs> uh like cuz i think it does feel a little bit like smoother at least for me who isn't never got used to tank controls like it helps me switch my brain over to a different mode like when i'm holding in r2 like okay now i'm in weird walk mode (laughs) uh it's easier for it's more palatable to me that way but it's just programmed real weird or it's tied to the animations in such a weird way that like i remember when we we were playing this together for the first time like i played first and when i handed it off to you you were like how the fuck do you move (laughs) It's very confusing. Yeah. And, like, you want to hold, or me, I want to hold the stick in the direction that I want to be moving in while I'm holding R2. So I get this, like, dual. So it doesn't solve the problem of the camera angles for me because I'm also holding the stick, like, unconsciously. Mm -hmm. My whole point for bringing it up was that I feel like a lot of the stiff animations are very evident when you're moving around oh yeah it looks like all the characters are just tied to like a two by four like up their back and like they cannot bend in any way Mm -hmm. part of the reason that i liked scott shelby's chapters a lot is because like every time that you have a conversation with him there's somewhere where he can like lean and hang out oh yeah like he'll like lean against the wall or like against a dresser or on something. A desk. Yeah, and it like it just makes it look so much more natural to not have him standing fucking stock straight. Yep. It's almost like uh if you go back and watch Batman nineteen eighty nine where he can't turn his head. Oh, because of the suit, and he has to right? like move his body. That's how people move in this. Yeah. The the one part where I feel like it's unavoidable, because I think that the walking animations were avoidable and they just didn't <laughs> avoid it. Um 
is in the QuickTime event animations, which also read pretty stiff most of the time. But, like, I don't know how you do this style of play and make the animation smooth. Because, like, you have to map it in some sense. They had to stitch together. Yeah. And it just seems like it would be really hard to do it. Yeah. And our animation, like, technologies come a long way since this came out initially. Like, there are a lot of, like, specific, like, software. I don't know if they're plugins or, like, different advancements in the technology that, like, blend animations now Mm -hmm. and so doing something like this would probably like look so much better on like with like modern technology note that we did not choose to play detroit beyond here become human Mm -hmm. because we didn't want to we wanted to play this game we wanted to talk about this one yeah Yeah. (laughs) but i'm sure that the animation looks smoother if it even still controls in a similar way i honestly know nothing about it me neither uh but yeah, it is weird, and it makes the scenes play out in kind of a strange way. Um, which, you can see uh, the seams. Yeah. I love, though, the dialogue scenes where you don't have to move all around. Mm-hmm. I think those end up looking pretty good uh, most of the time. Yeah, this game has its moments. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah, whenever you're moving around or in the action sequences, there's a lot of, like, th- things. <laughs> happening the the dedicated action sequences though i think look better they use a lot of that um there's like a button combination thing where you have to hold down a button and then another button comes on you have to press that one Mm -hmm. uh this is like the one qte in the game that i find like genuinely fun to do because it's like playing a very small version of twister where you're like oh how do i hit that so you like lean your pinky over to Uh hit the r2 trigger or something uh and it's just like there's like an there's there's entertainment value to that to me, but that animation also just lets them just play an animation at regular speed. Yeah, it goes a little slower too because mm-hmm. you're like as you hold down the button, they move a little bit more. Yeah, um, yeah, and you get there on the um, final confrontation um, with the origami killer. Uh, <laughs> He's chasing you, and there's a part where you have to, like, mash two buttons. And I got Kingdom Hearts 2 flashbacks <laughs> uh, because in the final boss of Kingdom Hearts 2, there's a part where you have to mash the X and the triangle button. Mm-hmm. And the easiest way, at least I think so, to do that is to turn the controller sideways and use both your thumbs. And, like, I had, like, a moment like that in this where, like, I had to mash two buttons in... It was the similar orientation where I turned it, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know. I just think that's fun when you have to, like, you don't have to, but, like, you can just actually turn the controller in your hands and hold it different. Yeah. Like, that's that's kind of cool. I that's, know. That, that feels like there's Kojima-style stuff you could do with that. Mm-hmm. Where you actually force, especially with gyroscopes and the controllers now, like, you could force the player to hold the controller upside down for something. Yeah, like, there's. I think there's an idea there. Yeah. Uh, I know that uh, whenever it asked me to shake the controller from side to side, I did go into shake weight mode and just like did the jerk off motion <laughs> mm, with it. Nice. Because uh, otherwise yeah. it wouldn't. Travis touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> otherwise it wouldn't like register properly for mm. me, but I don't know. I think it's because I like tend to lounge. You do lounge mm-hmm. pretty hard. So it'll be like at a diagonal. Yeah, yeah. I always just did this. Just uh, one handed. 
you know. Yeah, you know. You're just shaking it one this is, the, If you just cl- if you were su- if you could see us and clipped out the last thirty <laughs> seconds of conversation, you know, I just go into shake weight mode. And you're like, I just grab one handed. <laughs> Travis touchdown. Uh, <laughs> But enough I'm about not ejaculate. Go, yeah, I'm not going to go for extra points. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ. Uh, are we still talking about the look of the game? Is that what we're focused on right now? Uh, I mean, we can transition into something else. I think that's about... I wanted to shoot one more thing oh, yeah, out no, there. Please do. <laughs> it's a dumb one, but... I wouldn't have it any other way. You specifically called out in The Last of Us Part 2... When it showed two characters kissing, it looked like two human beings kissing for the first time maybe in video game history. Yeah, it's very hard to d- animate that kind of like intimate interaction yeah. of any kind. And this is like the poster child for when that goes horribly wrong. This was like... This felt like a flawless imitation of if you were trying to animate when you made two Barbie dolls kiss where they just sort of like expressionlessly without moving their faces bonk off of each other or like stay an uncomfortable distance away. They don't really like lean on each other Mm. or anything. They're just kind of (laughs) like positioned in space in front of each other. Yep. And because so, that's what it is. Having seen this animation play out, I think once before, there was this great moment where uh, it's Ethan and Madison in the hotel room, and there's a prompt that says "kiss or don't kiss," and I was like, "Don't kiss!" <laughs> <laughs> like, just please don't make me watch that again. Oh, God. It's very, very funny. Oh, uh, but yeah. that's the last bit of animation uh, trifling I want to do. Mm-hmm. Do you want to keep talking about, like, mechanical stuff and then talk about the story, like, after the break? I think that seems like a, it would make sense. Okay. So, one, the one, like, mechanical thing that I think really stands out to me in this uh, or at least the thing that I kind of remembered the most is like being interesting and cool mm-hmm. is uh, Jaden's FBI magic glove <laughs> and sunglasses. Uh huh. Because um, this game is mostly it's got its like pulpy murder mystery tone going on, but this is almost feels like it's part of that art auteur feeling. But like this is feels like this out of left field inclusion where it has like this like heightened x-files-esque like supernatural sci-fi stuff mm-hmm. with this one character and i just i don't know it it ends up being one of the most memorable parts of the game because uh, you get like batman detective vision uh from this one character and it's tied into the narrative where like using the technology like it's like a drug for him like a like it's like deadly and he has to like take another drug to like let him keep using it mm-hmm. and he's in like danger of ODing on it and or something like that. Did you read the I forget what it's called. I, I kept saying tryptophan, but that's just the shit that's in Turkey. Uh-huh. Uh but the that blue vial right as being necessary for him to like use the ARI system. I I think it's that the ARI system 
like takes a toll on you physically and taking that drug lets you keep using it okay it's very strange that was my read on it yeah because there's the one part where you've used it a bunch and then he has to like you the goal of the scene is to like distract him so he doesn't take it Mm -hmm. and he ends up flushing it down the toilet so i think it's the drug i don't know it seems like both things can kill you (laughs) so like using the 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 glasses and glove too much will like you know explode your brain or something yeah but then taking the drug will let you keep using it but you can also od on the drug I would, it, it is kind of unclear. Yeah. And it's not even like, I don't think it's supposed to be like an overdose. It just seems like the drug slowly kills you over time. Yeah. Like, it's really odd. I don't, I didn't get it. And I didn't really feel like it was explained in the game. No. But that's just Jaden, the character. Is He's a character I didn't get and they didn't explain. Yeah. And he, that's kind of what I liked about him. That's Yeah. yeah. Like. It is like they took the X-Files and Twin Peaks and tried to mash every 90s show mm-hmm. that has a secret agent into it into this one guy. Oh, yeah. He could show up in Men in Black, mm-hmm. or he could show up as a guest appearance on an episode of X-Files. Neither would seem out of place. Yep. Uh, yeah, and it's super strange. And But I, the end result, I kind of don't like the character. Oh, like, really? I guess we we kind of have different views on it, but to me, Jaden felt like he didn't get enough development to warrant all the weirdness. Mm. But I could be off base there. Maybe that's just my playthrough. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that's what made it work. Like I feel like if they tried to explain it or develop him more, it would have gotten bogged down. Mm. But I don't know. I just it worked for me. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, he definitely has the mysterious, weird air about him yeah, that like, you want. Because most of the game is, like, as we said, this weird quick time event, like, move the stick in a quarter circle style stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually kind of, it's just detective vision yeah. from, like, any game. But, like, I actually, like, enjoyed those parts, like, mechanically, as simple as they may be. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, that's, like, he ends up delivering a lot of, not necessarily plot, but, like, He's the liaison between the player and the police as much as he is also just a member of the police force. Mm-hmm. So you kind of get to understand where they are in their investigation, what they're thinking. And he's also the one who's able to put together the actual facts about it in order to point to like areas of interest. Mm-hmm. He uh, does actual like clue gathering. Mm-hmm. And he'd go back to his office and actually look at the mall. He does, like, actual uh, detective work. And you can be on Mars or whatever while you do it. under the ocean in a cool forest or whatever. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, it's just very – he's a very odd character. But, like, mechanically, he is also still, like, the best one Mm -hmm. uh, because he has the least sort of, like, tedious – puzzly stuff mm-hmm. and the most sort of like detective work mystery may mm-hmm. stuff into it um though he does also get in a lot of fights which is kind of strange all uh, the characters get in lots of fights that is true yeah madison is introduced in a dream sequence where she fights some guys <laughs> yeah like 
<laughs> they were like, we got to have her fight someone, I guess. Uh, and it never really comes back up as to why that happened or why she was like, if God, it meant she's anything. Because she's an insomniac. Yeah, but is she being an insomniac doesn't. You would think that if they put the dream in the game, <laughs> uh-huh. that it would have some significance. Oh, no. Like you're, she had been like her home had been invaded. It's you're a hundred percent right. And I think you can read that into it and that makes sense. But like, I think it was trying to imply that like the reason she's in, it has insomnia is because she has those kinds of like bad dreams. Mm hmm. Like, she avoids sleeping to avoid... Those dreams, yeah. yeah. And then she's become... I don't know if that's how insomnia works, if you <laughs> develop it. Uh, but that's kind of the vibe I got. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, how do you how do you like the fight mechanics? Because, like everything else in the game, I have a love-hate relationship with it. Yeah, I mean, I probably would describe my feelings on it like that, too. But, like, I think they are probably the most enjoyable thing on the whole other than the i like the uh fbi glove right yeah Um, that's top tier yeah fights because like they i feel like they are actually tense Mm -hmm. and i do worry about like fucking things up uh i never i don't think i came anywhere close to actually like fucking up a scene this time around but i remember our first playthrough (laughs) i definitely we did i think a couple of times fuck up a scene and i don't i like that yeah there's like potential to to lose and they are successfully tense i think and that makes it work for me yeah i think the fight scenes work the best out of all of the quick time event moments that require like tension uh because the fight scenes are tense visually and also ask you to do things that are clear but of themselves can be difficult to like interpret and do in a short period of time yeah and i think they do or at least i i know i played it on quotes hard mode Mm -hmm. uh and it did feel like they tried to put prompts on like a part of the screen that you probably wouldn't be looking at like it's not where the action's happening. Mm-hmm. So like they did kind of try and fuck with you a little bit, which added some challenge. Yeah. Well, that is actually that's like the one thing that was going to be my bridging moment. Uh but I'll talk about it now is that the one thing it, we will take as an assumption everything that people say that is bad about quick time events, just like they are kind of finicky and weird and they aren't them by themselves a fun thing to do just press buttons according to what it says on the screen mm-hmm. um but add on to the f- that the fact that this game offers you a ton of them at the same time so that there's often multiple right choices and multiple wrong choices yeah when they add decisions that's definitely like an a plus yeah that's a good way of handling r2 QBs. or l2 yeah huh? <laughs> turn steer left or right mm-hmm. uh and, and, you know, I, all that is fine, whatever. I don't care. Um, the key thing for me, especially in dialogue, dialogue is when this is at its worst, is when it'll just make the words real shaky and hard to see. It feels like when you're in combat, if there's, like, you could run straight forward or there's, like, a desk that you could jump over. And it's over here, 
and you might not notice it in time and there's a short window but if you do you get a little shortcut and like something else flashy happens on the screen mm-hmm. uh I, that to me makes sense thematically and like is justifiable yeah because like that's it's, it's testing your reaction time and in context, it is also, like, testing the character's reaction time. Like, did they notice the thing? Yeah. Right. And I like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's real good. But then it'll be like, I don't know if I've ever been talking to someone and have been like, the garage. Fuck. I meant to say hot air balloons. <laughs> but it was, like, hidden behind the other one with a different button prompt and the text was shaky. Uh-huh. So your character, in a seemingly calm and normal situation, will just fuck up and talk about something they didn't mean to, which doesn't feel justifiable because their brain isn't doing a backflip over a car and shooting guns at people. It's just... <laughs> It's just there being a brain thinking about words. Yeah, I I think what they're going for is, like, trying to simulate the idea of, like, making decisions about, like, what to say under pressure, Mm -hmm. which works in some scenes, but not just regular. Yeah. uh, And I think they try to keep them to more important things. But even then, yeah, like, you're not – it's probably, like, only half the time, maybe, that you're, like, actually – under pressure to like say something uh and if you said the wrong thing it would have negative consequences or something Mm -hmm. i i feel like what it is for me is like i'm okay with fucking up an action sequence quick time event Mm -hmm. because i feel like that is a expected thing and that's the way that the game adds tension but i think that when you take something that feels so far removed from what's physically on screen such as your own character's thoughts I I would like that to be clear. Otherwise, it ends up feeling a little bit unfair. Yeah. And there are quick time events in this game that feel unfair <laughs> anyway. But they are, le- to me, it is more forgivable than when it's just like, oops. Yeah, because it feels like it's getting into like accessibility issue territory or like making it hard to read is just not going to be good for certain people yeah. who might have vision problems. And already... So you don't want to fuck with that. No. If you can <laughs> avoid it. And already this game gives a big middle finger to people with motor issues. So, like, yeah. you aren't playing this game if you don't have, like, full control of all ten fingers on your hands. Yeah. So it, it's... I said hand singular there. Everyone has 20 fingers, correct? Yeah. Good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't. Basically, what it comes down to is I didn't hate it, but I did feel like the game cheated sometimes to like lead you down a path that maybe I want to go down that path. Mm-hmm. Also, why in the. Uh, this is so unfucking necessary to talk about. When you're playing hide and seek. <laughs> It gives you the opportunity to just skip some numbers at a point. Yeah. And it really doesn't seem like it has a purpose other than just, like, a kid might do it. Exactly. That's the way I've read that. Yeah, and and same. But, like, I can't imagine that the game is just like, hey, why don't you break some rules? You're just gonna do it. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) does anyone just count to 20? Uh, I... You could say that about other decisions, too, because um, I was thinking about this earlier. 
is the whole part where you bring Sean back to your new dumpy apartment mm-hmm. and there's like all these decisions where like, do you give him the pizza or like the baked chicken, like lean cuisine meal or uh-huh. whatever. It's like, that doesn't really affect anything. It's yeah. just like, I don't know. You do, you make the he- like the good healthy choice or like the less healthy pizza choice. Like it doesn't have any bearing on anything. It just tries to put you in a situation or in a headspace that the character might actually be in, whether or not that actually has any deeper implication or meaning yeah, or not, you know? I made the pizza choice. Yeah, I gave, I tried to be, I went for like Paragon Dad. Of course. Because I felt like we totally fucked up that sequence the first time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we played it, like, I remember like that sequence feeling, feeling like it went like, down the tubes immediately the first time we played it so i wanted to make all the right decisions if you're listening to this without playing the game uh here's our our fucking walkthrough for the good father achievement it is exactly one tip long and here's that tip that we didn't know the first time we played it time moves in this game at supersonic speeds this is why we fucked it up i mm-hmm. noticed this because I was we like, probably were walking around the house exploring it yeah and like he'll talk to him and he'll be like let me watch tv for five more minutes five minutes in heavy rain is like one split Sec- second <laughs> like that it is no time whatsoever so you're like yeah sure you can t- oh fuck it's 10 p.m like- <laughs> yeah yeah like we were trying to play we were in that like adventure game headspace where like we wanted to just explore the apartment mm-hmm. and what you're supposed to do is just wait on sean mm-hmm. watch the which time is, yeah which follow is the schedule exactly yeah yeah it's real dumb uh <laughs> Like, I well, like it, the inclusion yeah, of the quest. No, yeah, it seemed more interesting when we played it the first time and we, you know, didn't pick up on that's, like, what we were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, and then, like, the fact that we messed it up made it seem like, oh, like, it was, like, a more challenging thing or something. Because, like, I, this time I just did it and I was like, that's it? Like, mm-hmm. I thought we, like, there was more to this because, you know, we... <laughs> weren't paying attention the first time well compare contrast with the anxiety sequence from the cat lady right Mm. so in that game you are basically destined to fail and there's not really anything you can do about it and it furthers the themes of the game for its own reasons like it's it's presented in a video gamey way in order to draw attention to it and then the point of the whole thing is that it's incredibly hard to work around your mental illness. Mm-hmm. Whereas in in Heavy Rain, the point is there. They have, like, there is a reason for the scene to be there. Because desperately, Ethan wants to be a good father to Sean. Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't feel like he really... He feels like a failure. He feels, like, responsible for Jason's death. Right. And so you have this, like, tension in the scene where you're like, well, I want to make, I want to let Sean watch the TV show, which is the, fun fact, is the same show that's on during Jason's birthday party. Yeah. Um, I just, side note on that real quick. Yeah. That art style and animation of that little cartoon, Mm -hmm. weirdly, like, high quality and appealing. Like, I would watch that if it were a real cartoon. Oh, for sure. It looks great. Yeah. The jokes aren't amazing. Well, no, but I'm saying how it looks. (laughs) (laughs) 
Chad's gonna give his actual review uh-huh. of that cartoon episode. Yeah, my review of fucking whatever Aztec blunders or whatever it's called, <laughs> where a guy detonates TNT in a pyramid, mm-hmm. uh, is it's not great. Because uh, that's all I did on the first day is I just went to the TV and watched it. Of course. Uh, and it wasn't a very good show, but it did look nice. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but you want to let Sean watch the, the cartoon that looks good but isn't. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's and the tension, I think, is supposed to be like, how do I make Sean the happiest? Yeah, you want to balance it. And still follow the schedule, right? Mm-hmm. But the reality of the game is that the time, the, if you don't know that time passes at an astronomical rate, you are just like, you walk in and then you lo- you fuck it up immediately, and then everyone is sad. Yeah, like, I actually think talking through this is making me actually think this is, like, some good game design. Because, like... We were playing it, and we were, like, distracted, and, like, we wanted to explore the house, and, like, Ethan's distracted, right? Like, he's, uh, you know, he he went through a divorce, you know, he was in a coma, and now he's divorced from his wife, his son died, he's got his other son that he's trying to look after, and he's just, like, his life's kind of in, well, not in, Kind of in shambles. It's in shambles. Yeah. I'll call it shambles. Yeah, it, his life's in like shambles from what it used to be. He was like a cool, happy architect dad, <laughs> uh, and yeah, and I don't know. I, I think it kind of puts you in your in his shoes, where like yeah, as you said, like you want to let Sean watch the TV and do whatever he wants, and then you sit there, and then the time goes by super fast, and like oh. It just went by like that, and you kind of just messed it up. It just kind of slipped through your fingers. Because uh, you compared it to the cat lady, and I'm like, that's kind of like depression, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it just things kind of just get away from you, uh, even if you don't really want them to. I will say that you're winning me over a little bit, but it does sound like what an apologist would say. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You're not you're not entirely wrong for sure. I think that there's a strength of might be unintentional, but like I definitely think it lands that way. There's a strength in the themes uh and a weakness in performance, I think is what what makes it hard to to parse. Uh but if you do go explore, you get to find that teddy bear yep. and you can go right back up there lickety split get Sean tucked in. <laughs> So you can read the horrible letter from the origami killer. <laughs> the origami killer? The origami killer. Uh, how did this game not have a sequence where you fold some origami with, like, the controls? It sure does. Does it? Yeah. Did I just forget? You may have missed it. It's possible. Oh, oh in the, the hospital. Yeah. Okay, yeah, never mind. Did you miss it? Or no, was I, it? I definitely like, did that. Okay, you did do I it. Just, I just forgot. I thought I remembered there just being all the figures there, I forgot that you had to fold them yourself. Yeah. I was thinking of the shoebox with all the things in it already. Yeah, you get to unfold some origami early on in the game. There you go. That's the destruction creation... uh... (laughs) The theme of a father creates a child and Ethan feels like he destroyed his child. Of course. It's like when he unfolds and you can choose to romance Madison, who is the one who creates the new origami, which represents 
Ethan's family. You want to take a break? Yeah, we can get more into those narrative themes after After the the break. Welcome back. Uh, we're going to really dig into the mystery part of of the month now. Uh, the overall story of this game, in summary, is basically Ethan's kid, Jason, mm-hmm. dies in a horrible easily preventable accident if they had taught the child anything about the danger of vehicles and roads it is comical how much he just ignores everything yeah and wanders out into the street for no reason (laughs) (laughs) but we look past that and uh just let the death of his child somehow not be funny Mm -hmm. which is weird um and we pick up as in the dumpy apartment that we were just talking about. Uh, later on, Ethan is shown to have these like blackouts, and during one of these, his other kid Sean gets captured by the origami killer. The origami. The killer. origami killer, who is a serial killer who has been committing acts of kidnapping and then drowning of children throughout i think boston it's specifically boys okay oh but yes i thought you meant boys idaho specifically boise idaho <laughs> yes of young boys uh and the main thrust of the game is as ethan you are trying to overcome challenges given to you very saw style mm-hmm. uh by the killer in order to save Sean, and as all the other characters, you were trying to solve the mystery of yeah, who the origami invest- killer yeah, is. You're investigating it. Yeah. Yeah, and Ethan, for a period of time, thinks that it's his other fight club blackout <laughs> alter ego that's mm-hmm. left him these challenges. Yeah, his Tyler Durden, his, yeah. his dark passenger, uh, whatever pop culture reference suits you the best. Negative, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, what the fuck? The, yeah, the negative spirit. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I was trying to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the story, I think, plays out pretty well. Ethan, as a character, feels very much like a mechanical vehicle more than everyone else does. Yeah, he feels most like video game protagonist man. Mm -hmm. So while Ethan is definitely the one who you're introduced to as sort of like the protagonist of the game, he ends up being way more of a means to an end than you would think. And I actually like that decision. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely the least interesting (laughs) and likable, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, no, it it makes sense. Uh, he's like your character to project onto, mm-hmm. uh, which you don't necessarily have to go that route in this kind of game. But like, it, it, I agree, I do think it works out. Yeah, it works, and I think 
I like him especially being the one that takes the <laughs> the punishment, like the physical punishment of having to do a bunch of these trials because it lets the game sort of if the game is mostly narrative focused, if the narrative is the game's cake that it mm-hmm. gets to have, then Ethan allows them to eat that cake as well mm-hmm. because they can do video gamey traps and puzzles and shit in between, which helps both break up the the sort of like investigation parts of the game with these more intense parts and also allows for the game to be more of a fucking game like where you Mm -hmm. can do things and fail them in a way that feels more like the mechanical like game over type failures that you're used to yeah it's it adds stakes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and it i like that it does let you fail stuff like like there are sequences where uh fucking up does not lead to a game over mm-hmm. and i think that's cool anytime games can do something like that i, I gen- usually think it's a positive thing um recontextualizing uh failure states is always interesting i think yeah i uh <laughs> in this particular playthrough the only character that died for me was scott at the very end right and it was because i was wondering how that would happen (laughs) because at the end he's he like is dangling from a crane above like this comically cartoony like meat grinder machine which i don't know i maybe it's like a wood chipper or Mm. something uh and you have the option to save him by pressing a button and it's on screen forever uh-huh. and i was like this can't really just like if i just don't do that and then he just fell into the thing and died like i just kind of let him die i feel like that's not what happened in in mine well that's oh that's because you had uh jaden oh. die yeah jaden wasn't there yeah yeah i think you end up in a scenario where you're up on that in that crane and he's attacking uh madison and then ethan shows up and shoots him and then there's like kind of a struggle and he just kind of falls off Mm. and splats on the ground (laughs) or and then maybe falls in the ocean i don't remember right yeah not basically so it is much easier for him to die in that scenario yeah uh in the the ending that i got and like this is I want to shout out, we talked about the quick time events in the last half as like a mechanical thing, but I'm impressed at the number of ways that it allows you to have different playthroughs, even if like only very slightly, like they are mushy enough and you will fuck up different ones enough that it will be very difficult to have two identical playthroughs. Mm-hmm. Um and this is a perfect example of that because, like, I did not have this scene at all. Madison basically fucking just parked it outside for oh, the yeah. majority of the end. It, of it was mostly just her for the whole <laughs> sequence for me because, like, when you show up, it was her and Ethan show up to rescue uh, Ethan or the Sean. Ethan. Sean, yeah, Ethan, Ethan and Madison show yeah. up to rescue Sean. Mm-hmm. There we go. I knew I messed something up. There. <laughs> um, 
and Ethan frees him from the thing by breaking the lock with like a pipe or something. Yeah. And then um, Scott attacks him and then he gets like shot in the arm or something. And then Scott proceeds to chase Madison for like ever. And then Ethan shows back up and shoots uh, Scott. That's what happened in mine. Yeah, the order of events is similar, but it deviates in some key places because Madison was the last person to show up in Mm -hmm. mine. Ethan gets there alone, frees him with the pipe. Uh, Fucking Scott sneaks up on him with the gun. Right. Jaden shows up and, like, tackles him. And then they go on this wild, like fist fight on a conveyor belt that's going up to the top of this crane <laughs> nice that lasts for a long time and there's like this scene where madison shows up and drives around on a motorcycle to like distract the cops or something eh, i mean <laughs> I that was her why. thing that she rides a motorcycle yeah. so <laughs> so she does all this and he's like, and they yell about who has, who let the press in and shit, as mm. if she's operating under a under like a press. Yeah, she's there for the newspaper. <laughs> yeah, I'm just doing some motorcycle stunts for the newspaper. What are you guys doing here? Uh, and then yeah, and then you can let Scott fall into a meat grinder, and he turns into hamburgers. Nice. Um, and then yeah, they all walk out, and everybody lives happily ever after, mm-hmm. uh, except Madison, who apparently is like approached by a by a new like copycat killer while she's doing a book signing okay yeah there's some weird shit that happens like she does a book signing and somebody's like hey can you sign this for vincent and she was like yeah sure and he was like it's a shame that you didn't have a real adversary and then she looks up and he's gone like (laughs) all right i don't know what Uh we never got heavy rain too. return of the origami killer yeah and then there's an equally weird sequence where Jaden is, well, okay, slightly before the book signing sequence, there's a show, like a talk show on air, and mm-hmm. she's, like, being interviewed on it. And then Jaden also is on that show later. She's <laughs> <laughs> like an FBI agent, and they're like, good job doing... Hey, it's me, FBI agent. <laughs> <laughs> It's so weird. And there's no reason why he'd be on it. And uh, he, like, has one of those attacks while he's in the on the shitter. And it's, I don't understand. Interesting. So, yeah, Jaden died in my playthrough. Mm-hmm. So at the end, um, his comically evil uh, partner at the police station is clearing out his office. And he puts on the sunglasses. Like, he sits down. Like, he's going to throw them away. And then he puts them on. And then a hologram of Jaden, like, approaches him in the hologram space. Uh, and he's all like, oh. And he gives him a surprise face, and then it cuts. Oh, and no. then, uh, so And so I guess he inherits the mantle of the FBI glove. Truly the, the worst and, timeline. Yeah, Jaden gets to be his, the butler character, I guess. <laughs> oh, God. And then... Uh, I forgot about the butler guy. <laughs> and then... Uh, in my playthrough, uh, I I romanced Madison, mm-hmm. uh, and they end up moving into a new apartment, and Sean is stoked on it. Yeah. Sean was still stoked about the new apartment, because you move into an apartment that looks suspiciously like Madison's apartment, Oh, yeah, it has like, like the like internal a, p- pillars and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like the super expensive New York apartment style thing. Yeah. 
Uh, but Madison did not move in with them because I refused her and then also refused to watch that kissing animation even one more time in my life. I had to. Oh, yeah, of I course. couldn't not watch it. <laughs> you had the the Red Prince was in control at that uh, moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, side note on Madison real quick because I have to say it mm-hmm. and cannot forget to. I feel like Madison looks like Morgan Webb. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably not wrong, so but much, it didn't strike yeah, me. So much so that I feel like she had to have been based on her. Mm-hmm. Like somebody was like, printed out a picture of her, put her on a bulletin board, and was like, this is our inspiration for this character. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, thinking about it, I can definitely see it. Uh, I don't love many of the characters in this (laughs) uh like even just like in terms of how they're written i don't really like many of them but madison is to me the one that is the least makes the least sense from like a character perspective Mm -hmm. i feel like madison is is a video game protagonist's girlfriend in design and and all actions as well she gets a couple of moments where she gets to sort of do something cool Mm -hmm. uh and pretty much all of them involve her being sexually assaulted in some way yeah it's it's really weird um because i agree like she starts out seeming like an interesting character and then she like meets up with Ethan and basically just goes along with whatever he wants to do Mm -hmm. so like she goes from being like her own character to sidekick to the male protagonists yeah and then yeah weird yeah weirdly like sexualized and by weirdly i guess i mean it feels like it's that kind of casual misogyny mm-hmm. that you see a lot where it's like the people making it probably didn't even think about it kind of thing <laughs> uh i don't want to say that for sure or anything but it feels that way to me uh cause i don't think anything is necessarily meant by any of it. But yeah, there's like a lot of her scenes have some kind of sexual element to them in a way that, yeah, it's weird playing it now. Yeah. There's the character of, I want to say his name was Paco, uh, who's the guy who owns the nightclub. Right. Who holds you at gunpoint and forces you to strip. Right. There's the doctor who... Well, he's he's forcing you to strip because he's then going to rape you. Yeah, most likely. That yeah. is like the, uh, the the yeah. When he pulls out the gun, it's pretty much like game over yeah. at that point. Like, yeah. there's no way to redeem the scene, uh, and so you, that's just how they play the character from that point on. Mm-hmm. There's the doctor who, while he doesn't appear to have any like sexual intentions, does strap you to a table and then try to murder you. Yeah, and then my favorite is the guy in the uh in the hotel lobby who's like literally voiced like everyone's joke nerd voice yeah like his voice hey it's girl pretty girl <laughs> thanks max <laughs> and he's like real lecherous and weird uh-huh. and it's like they can't get away with just having a normal fucking interaction with her and any other character right uh this game did come out in 2010, and it doesn't surprise me that this kind of stuff is here. Mm-hmm. 
it's just a it's it is it's a bad scene and the problem is that this is a game that has like a pretty good story with a lot of characters whose interactions are really important and i feel like madison just like ends up getting written off in all of them in like the worst ways yeah and like i i had remembered liking her as a character and then yeah she had like a lot less to do than i remembered Mm -hmm. her one cool thing is that like it's revealed that the reason that she was sort of tailing ethan in the beginning is because she was trying to get this story right uh, and in my game, when Ethan finds out about that, he's like, well, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> right. I don't care if you've changed. This is too much. Don't ever do this again. Yeah, that's the rational thing to do, I think. Yeah. But I don't think that the game thinks it is. No. Like, the game wants you to go for the romance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, she's also, like, introduced, like, in her underwear, and there's, like, the shower scene. <laughs> yeah. But then I was like, well, Ethan's introduced in his underwear, and then there is a shower scene, mm-hmm. but... I don't know. You don't see his wang, <laughs> and you do see her boobs. So that's true. This game, the 2016 update to this game, should have added Ethan's wang into it. <laughs> Heavy rain wang edition. <laughs> yeah. Heavy wang. Heavy dong. Uh, and basically, yeah. I actually I had that thought too, and couldn't quite reconcile it in my head. Where it's mm-hmm. like. Why do you show a character showering? And it's like, in this case, it's like you, because you want it to be like a moment to moment recreation of that person's day. Day to day life. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it makes sense. And if that was it, I would, I would say that it was a good choice. Like, I think it was a decision that was made well uh, to have her just like basically mirror what Ethan did uh, at the beginning. Because they're introducing her kind of as your second main character. Yeah. Um. But then it, and then the game continues yeah. and she ends up in a bathroom at a club tearing her skirt off and uh, applying lots of makeup because that's what makes women attractive, according to David Cage. Well, it's the context of it is she's trying to appeal to that sleazy guy right. who's trying to take girls from the club up to his bang room. Yeah. Well, that's not even really, he's, she's trying to like get close to him. She wants to be taken up there so she can question him or something. Yeah, she's the one who, like, seeds that idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's a bad plan or anything. No, it's just, yeah. like, I'm putting it on the writers here. That that's yeah, just oh, yeah, how yeah, she yeah. just keeps getting out into these things. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. Other, I think she's honestly maybe one of the best acted characters in the game. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's probably why I remembered liking her. Like, the yeah. performance is probably what... I like Mr. Shelby. Yeah. Like, I like Scott, but he's a little bit more campy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, yeah, Madison might be the best performed character. Yeah. Scott, I agree that Shelby's definitely got like one of them, one of the top performances. Yeah. And I love his voice. Yeah. They do. It's such a good like PI voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he like, yeah, like, just the way he's performed, he comes off as like a detective novel detective Mm -hmm. like from a noir story or something yeah and plays it similarly and i do want to i want to talk about scott because scott's the best character in the game yeah and i think he actually his character looks the best too like Mm -hmm. i think like his uh fuller face because he's a big guy helps yeah it look more natural 
his like expressions and stuff it mm. takes just more to move around up yeah. there because like if you contrast that with his um the woman that helps him i can't remember her name now because it's been like a week yeah but uh she's very gaunt and uh slender and she's one of the worst looking like her character model mm-hmm. so yeah and it's hard to tell to read her expressions as well mm-hmm. uh which I guess, fortunately, she kind of only just has the the two modes that she's ever <laughs> yeah. in. D- distressed and like, sad. <laughs> yeah, distressed, sad. There are moments of, like, proud of herself for doing some detective yeah. stuff. Uh, but yeah, fullness of face, apparently. That's the key. Went a, went a long way. You gotta get that fat representation in games. <laughs> and this is the way to do it. It's easier to animate them. Uh... Okay, so we've said a couple of times that we like the narrative of this game. We think it has a good mystery story. Mm -hmm. Uh, And here's where we're going to explain why that is and why it is good. Scott Shelby, private investigator who you are introduced as somebody who's been hired to look into the... or to, like, question the families of the victims of the origami killer in order to solve the case. Uh because they don't think the police are doing a good enough job. Mm-hmm. And in the end, as we're aware, Scott Shelby is, in fact, the origami killer himself. And I think that they do a lot to play with character expectations, audience expectations, and the medium of video games in order to make that work as a surprise in a way that I was able to really appreciate on the second time around with the game. I agree. Like there's a number of things going on there. Um, I I like that. It's one of the characters you're playing as I like you get that you get the red herring of it seeming like it's Ethan Mm -hmm. for a majority of the game. And then it ended up not being. And um, they, they do kind of do a little cheat and hide some of the foreshadowing, but, like, there is still some in there, and I think that's pretty effective. And, like, they make him, like, a, as I said, they gave him the the woman who helps him out, uh, and so it makes him, like, have this fatherly role, and so, like, you, it, they do, like, endear you to him. Yeah. And, yeah, it, it, it all works together in an effective way, I think. And he also has sort of a... He has a, a very, like sensible i'm gonna say uh approach to everything like he's a very much like talk things out before any violence is necessary kind of guy yeah he feels relatable in that way like he's logical in like a normal dude yeah and then they pepper the rest of the game and i they peppered it so hard that i heard the pop filter fail on that one (laughs) <laughs> I, I could taste that plosive. T- yeah. uh, the game with with characters that you just don't really like or just seem actively evil. Like the police guy, the lieutenant, whatever, yeah. uh, who is just a huge dickhole and like kicks in that guy's door. Yes, relentlessly dickish. Yeah. The bad cop. Bad cop, bad cop. Yes. Uh, that man. And, like, Ethan himself, like, sort of implicating himself with the whole, like, blackout situation, as well as, like, the psychiatrist backing that up. Uh, Like, 
there are all these the, the red herrings that you mentioned in addition to other characters who really make Scott look like the Paragon yeah, character. E- Ethan's a good one to compare him to because Ethan feels kind of the opposite. Like, he's your protagonist, but it does kind of feel like he just keeps fucking things up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, and with Scott, it's kind of the opposite where you feel like he's like the the ray of sunshine <laughs> on this rainy day. Uh-huh. He gets things done. He's yeah. the he's a cop who doesn't play through, by the yeah, rules. Through good old fashioned uh intuition. Yeah, and detective work. Yeah, he's like he's like that old fashioned like kind of like fifties ideal uh like working detective man. Yeah. Just so many good moments with him. Uh like wiping the fingerprints down after you do the the typewriter yep. scene. I was so pissed because I missed the the in the bathroom like where where you flush the toilet because i didn't know it wasn't gonna let me go back in after i after you like go you leave the bathroom you can't go back in oh i didn't even know that yep i don't think that like did is that like a forced thing no you can optionally use the bathroom oh that's so good you do you have to go in there and but that was the one thing that i missed and i was mad about it i missed uh, because like i i I noticed a lot of things like everything i wish i remembered the woman's name but -hmm. all the stuff that she did i actually like noticed just naturally because i didn't remember this sequence like what you were supposed to do right i just so happened to like catch everything and felt like super smart and then i was like uh the bathroom i (laughs) Uh. uh yeah and it's a great moment because like it not only is it an interesting sort of like gameplay puzzle where you feel like you're under time pressure and you need to like go through and get everything and it's like well damn it all if i miss one i got everything i could think of but i gotta get out of here in time and i feel like it does a good job of pulling you into the scene um but then like the actual motivations are pretty like it's it makes sense the things that he says in the moment but when you look back on it there's really he should have you it's one of those things where you feel like you should have noticed before yeah uh when you when you go through it again i'm going to find this woman's name All right. and it's and it's it, I, it's very important to me for some reason lauren lauren, lauren. well there you go now, yeah, it's like, as we were talking about before, the on the first half, like, the FBI glove was, like, cool, mm-hmm. like, mechanically compared to, like, the bulk of the game. And so we, I enjoyed playing as, as Jaden in his parts. It felt like they had, like, a thing for him to do uh, that was distinct from the other characters. And it, it felt like they also knew what they were doing with Shelby. Yeah. Uh, I think that's why Madison feels weaker. Cause like it's like what does she really do? Yeah. Like that stands out, not much. And like Ethan is kind of the same way, with the exception of like the challenges when he gets into that part of the game. Yeah, yeah. Everything that you do with Ethan is like, <laughs> and it's intentional. So like, don't take this as a criticism, but like, just aggressively boring, like mundane. Yeah, until you get to those moments, so you get this like. They try and do a thing where they set him up as being, like, a pretty, like, fit, strong guy. 
uh, where like he, they're like, oh, dad, show me how strong you are, and yeah, like, like lift the like, kids fit up and for stuff. like an for an average dude. Yeah, for a for a cool shades basic dad. Yeah, and uh, he is still acts kind of like a like a like a uh, uh, John McClane kind of oh. character. The opposite. Okay. <laughs> in the trial sit mm. in the situations. You're correct. Dork Dork in the sheets, John McClane in the streets. Uh, <laughs> where he kind of like like he navigates a, a like a literally a broken glass vent yeah like john mcclain that is true i actually hadn't even thought of that he is the lighter and everything yeah and maybe he just has seen die hard (laughs) and that's why he thought to do that yeah but like to me it's like you have to operate under the understanding that die hard probably just like doesn't exist in the heavy rain universe just a reference yeah and so like he just he goes through this thing as like somebody who was a he was a fucking architect before (laughs) like it's not none of that matters now (laughs) (laughs) like very realistic the sequence where he's driving down the wrong side of the road because i did a terrible job and i smashed into tons of cars Mm -hmm. and he barely survived it uh but then, like, the rest of them, it was just sort of, like, I don't know how he, a normal, regular dad yeah. is doing this. But, uh, and then, like, it's cool, mechanically. It's fun to do these things. But it is, like, it detracts from his believability as a character. Yeah. And then Madison, as you said, does kind of nothing. Uh, which leaves Jaden, who is a strange one, uh-huh. uh, but has the fun investigative mechanics, and then Scott as being like you're basically everyone's favorite guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it almost kind of feels like they wanted to make like a detective game, mm-hmm. but then they threw in two normal people into the game as well. Yep, and didn't really know what to do with them. Uh, all right. I don't know if I have that much more to say. I think that the revelation of who the killer was and the way that it's all set up is why I like the narrative. I think that the game is like pretty well written. Uh, I'm, I feel like I didn't take enough, like pay quite enough attention to be able to like call out where things were good and bad, etc. cetera, uh, to, to make an interesting conversation about saying that the writing was pretty good. Yeah. I think the story itself is pretty solid mm-hmm. it's where they try to like expand on stuff because it's a video game um like i don't know like i to me like everything at the beginning like before uh jason gets killed and everything or if you're just at the house like feels like overly corny and like i don't know like when they try to like flesh things out with detail it feels like it kind of falls on its face a bit yeah but i think like the core story is pretty well written yeah and it is good like the the story itself like goes places and makes you like it uh and so the the last thing that i want to kind of go through is the the like actual story choice based stuff Mm -hmm. uh and my question is how ruthless were you in this playthrough uh i did not kill the guy Mm. On the fourth challenge, I think it was, 
nor did what was or was that the last one it's the fourth one the, no in the last one's one where you're supposed to take the poison, poison to yeah. kill yourself i didn't do that either so i did the first three uh navigated the uh electricity <laughs> and glass chopped my pinky off and i don't remember what the first one does oh and that's the you drive one, against yeah. The, yeah and drive against the traffic i did those three um but yeah did not kill a dude did you uh did lauren die in your playthrough no i saved her okay in the car uh i did not uh i escaped without her totally (laughs) unintentionally like that wasn't a choice that was just the buttons didn't indicate what i thought they did uh and then when that happens because this didn't happen the first time we played it so maybe it didn't happen in yours uh, he just goes on a fucking killing spree and shows up at the rich dude's mansion and guns down like 40 dudes with guns. He just shoots them all to death. That happens in the, if you, she lives as well. Oh, okay. You That's just good. go there and you just start murdering dudes. Did you give him his heart pills? Yes. I... I just thought this decision was funny that it was a thing that could happen. Uh-huh. But I went and got his pills and walked away with them to not even give him the opportunity of getting the pills himself. <laughs> Cause I was like, I got the pills and realized that a cutscene did not play where you give the pills to him. And now I was just holding the bottle of pills and I was like, can I leave? <laughs> So that happened, and I killed the guy. I don't know why, but in this playthrough, and I told uh, Madison to fuck right off. Uh-huh. I, some I was in a real bad boy mood. I, you probably just wanted to do stuff different this time. That could be it. it. Yeah. But yeah, that scene makes a lot more sense, I think, if Lauren dies. Um, because I thought it was just like heavy-handed foreshadowing mm-hmm. that he's just like murdering dudes. Yeah, like way more violent than he oh, was. Oh, yeah. On. Like for... Kind of like, yeah, in the case of uh, my playthrough, like pretty much completely unrevoked or provoked. <laughs> yeah, kills a lot of guys. Yeah. But then I had Jaden die in my playthrough. Um, and it's because I took too long, I guess, to like go through the evidence at the end. Uh huh. Like the butler guy shows up and tells you like not to spend too much time in the virtual world or whatever they call it. Um, and I was just like spending time going through that video clip and like looking through all my other evidence. And I'm like, I found the watch clue, but I'm like, was pretty sure there was probably at least one other thing in the video for some reason. So I kept scrubbing through it and I did it for too long, I guess. Cause like his, one of his eyes starts bleeding and mm-hmm. then the other one and then his nose or something, uh, to that effect. Yeah. And then he just dies I wonder if you take the drug in the sequences where there's an option, if it gives you more time in that. That might be the case. Uh, But I didn't do that. Uh, But I I also think that I may have been playing on a different difficulty setting. As was revealed, I didn't know that there was a difficulty selection. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that it felt, even though I was warned not to stay in there too long, it did, and the blood was a clue, it still felt like... I don't know. Not unfair, but, like, it still felt like it happened when I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, if you think about, like, Jaden's life up to this point, 
Like there wasn't even like it felt like there should have been some kind of little like quick time event or something where you like try to take him off, but then you can't. Like at least like some kind of ceremony. Like he just croaks. Yeah. In a way that it is unclear if he actually is dead or just passed out as yeah, well. Exactly, yeah. It's weird. Yeah. And, like, what? Two hours of game prior to that, you were just, like, in a fucking fist fight with a giant dude and then almost thrown into a car crusher? Yeah. And, and, and it's like, and that's the way he dies? Well, yeah, and earlier in the game, like, you are you are able to access that cool hollow hologram office mm-hmm. and you can spend as much time as you want in it then it doesn't kill you at all yeah yeah it's real strange uh so yeah that was the only death that i had i was a little bit sour about it yeah yeah it's a bummer for sure uh though also i kind of wanted Jaden to die because i <laughs> i kind of shot that guy the religious guy oh yeah in his apartment uh just on a reaction you were basically. in a bad boy mood yeah well i didn't intentionally shoot the guy he d- they did the thing where he pulls the crucifix out and i shot when he went for whatever he uh. had uh and when that happened Jaden just would not stop bitching about it mm. uh, and he was just a real sad man for a long time i was like boy maybe i should have let you get crushed in the car in the car crush <laughs> uh but yeah, and and that's an instance where I feel like the game is being extremely forgiving because like you have like 8 seconds and they want you to break out of handcuffs and like kick a door open and then climb out of a sideways car door while it's being crushed by a car crusher. Mm-hmm. And you can pretty much just like dick around for a while on that and it yeah. just it doesn't make any sense how he gets out of that. In a very Houdini style. Yeah. It's that easier difficulty, man. It is, yeah. Uh, no, I do like that it lets characters die. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if I already said this or not. But the, I feel like that's rare. That uh, you like something like this that has like four protagonists uh, will just let one of the characters die and the game just continues. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's... That's probably one of my favorite mechanical elements of it is the fact that failure doesn't end the game. It's not as novel anymore, mm-hmm. but it certainly was at the time, and I think yeah. it deserves to be like held up for that. It still feels unique. Like I still feel like most games don't mm-hmm. do some. Like it, I can't think of many games that do something like this st- even still. Yeah. Well, on that note, do we have forensic thoughts? Um, my forensic thoughts are, uh, I'm a sucker for murder mysteries. Uh, they're just very entertaining to me. I like a good whodunit. And uh, as we said, this is like a pretty solid murder mystery story. Uh, it does, I think, successfully lean into the medium too, uh, to pull off like the twist of like who the killer is in a way that works. Um, if I would have only played like the first third of this game and then walked away from it and then you would have asked me like if I thought the reveal of who the killer was would have been handled well, I probably would have said no. <laughs> uh, it, it, I feel like it's it pulls off, I think, its narrative goal surprisingly well given, how, as we've discussed, this game can have like a B-movie feel. Uh, I can have some bad line delivery. It can have like a whole bunch of janky, goofy stuff happening. 
Uh, but it, it, I do think it pulls its narrative off surprisingly well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely want to give it credit for that. Uh, but that being said, uh, I do, I think, enjoy this movie, or Jesus, I enjoy this game a, a lot because I'm able to enjoy it like through that lens of like watching a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I joked about it, like you could do a drinking game for this, and I kind of want to sit down and make one, because <laughs> I think this would be very fun to play with your friends uh, and to, yeah, to drink along to like you would a bad movie. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of jank in here and I can definitely see why a lot of people don't like David Cage and probably wouldn't like this game, but it's very, I don't know if I'd say up my alley, but something I can easily appreciate. Like I, it's, so like this game has lots of flaws mm-hmm. but it is so easy for me to look past them because of the stuff that is here for me to like i like a lot uh whether it's in a way it's intended to be enjoyed or not you know so this is a very very weird auteur driven product and i don't know yeah it just it just it clicks with me it 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 lands i I really enjoy it yeah uh i honestly don't feel that differently i think that the game is very much a delivery vehicle for its narrative and uh there's even an achievement that pops up like halfway through the game that's just called thank you for supporting uh interactive drama and obviously that was their thought process. Like, this is, what if there was a story and you just could do stuff in it? Um, so it does have that adventure game feel, or that old JRPG kind of feel, where the narrative is sort of the focus and the mechanics exist to push you through it and give you some sense of, like, mastery over it uh, in order to do better or worse, depending on, on, on like, how you're able to execute. I think that it works more often than it doesn't. Uh, I I never really found myself going like, oh, another quick time. Like, I knew what to expect. Yeah. And I think that that's really key sort of to, to enjoying this game. If you're willing to engage with it on its own terms, the narrative it tells is actually pretty good. Uh, and this is why I said it's hard for me to, to make a concise summary of my thoughts because... Mm-hmm. The, like while the narrative is good a lot of the storytelling elements do fall down at times and a lot of it's technology um and some of it's writing and some of it is acting but then some of the writing and acting is really good and so you end up in a kind of confused middle ground um and i am in a confused middle ground on this game mm-hmm. uh, i give it a c minus Oh, I forgot out to mention of 10. out of ten that I like that it's always raining in the game. Uh-huh. Uh, it's an obvious thematic thing to do given that it's called heavy rain, but I like that and how it uh contrasts with the beginning where it's all sunny and happy. Yeah. And also you get my bet my favorite line spoken in video games, uh, which is if you're looking for rain dead bodies and highways then he came to the right place uh classic dumb cop line (laughs) thank you for listening to no clip this week what are we talking about next time 
next time we're talking about Grim Fandango, uh, one of the cl- classicest of classic point-and-click adventure games. Someone might say the last classic adventure game. The la- the lastic, the amazing elastic, elastic bubbling plastic. <laughs> That is Grim Fandango. Grim Fandango. Uh, so, I uh, for any of you who are going to listen to that episode, I don't need to describe what Grim Fandango <laughs> is to you. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to it. It's going to cap off our mystery mag. Yep. And hope we don't mess up our blades. Until that time, if you want to get a hold of us, all of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com. There you can find links to our Twitter, our email address, the Discord where you can talk about this episode, or suggest other games for us to play. Um, And you can find a link to our YouTube uh, where we have all of our old episodes as well as... uh, the ones on the website i got like a little lost in that one because mm-hmm. i was like what the fuck did we did t- we talked about left for dead or not left for dead but uh last of us part <laughs> two uh earlier in the episode i don't know if that's really um it's kind of similar man of medan man of medan is like that uh life is strange too kind of Sure. Or check out our old uh, Mystery May episodes if you're just in the mood. Some Dangin' Rampa. Dangin' Rampa. The most similar game to have here. <laughs> Overdin. Yeah. Now, is, it does rain in that one. Yeah. This yeah. one's definitely a different niche. Mm-hmm. Drown that like button in six inches of rainwater. Uh, I've lost my son, Jason, in, in the comment section. Uh <laughs> If you could just leave some comments with his name, it said Jason, in all caps. Uh huh. You just leave those in the comments section, please. The more, the better. The more and more rapid. <laughs> yep. He's <laughs> got a red balloon. He did have that ripple, and they do the stupid. There's just like another kid with a red yeah. ball. <laughs> that clown made two sales that day. Uh huh. They both had the same balloon. <laughs>